0: Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into Coffee Break. Thanks for joining us for our first show of the new calendar year. It's 2022, and I've got to get used to writing that. It'll take me a couple months. The show is brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, call David at Versant, 459-8565. And kicking off today, Jamie LaRice is our guest. Jamie, uh, well, Jamie has an alphabet's worth of letters after her name. She's the wellness promotion, development, and educator at uh, St. Peter's Health. Jamie, how are you doing this morning? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing okay. How was your uh, how, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's?
1: Oh, absolutely fabulous! Ready to hit 2022
0: in stride. Uh, can you uh, Can you introduce yourself to folks? Let them know just who you are if they haven't caught you on the show before. Sure.
1: You said i'm the wellness uh, promotion developer and educator at st pete's i'm a registered dietitian by trade i'm also a certified tobacco treatment specialist and a nationally board certified health and wellness coach so i bring wellness programs and challenges not only to the st peter's health community but to the community at large
0: yeah, I was I was looking at the, uh, the the qualifications, the letters after your name, Jamie. I mean, it's it's an alphabet. You got M S R D N C T T C N B and H W C. That's a long. I mean, do, do you put that all on your business card? Uh, I do, and then I try to explain it. So. <laughs> yeah. well, it, it's a good starter question for a conversation. I mean, you have it just built right in. <laughs> you, you've been at St. Pete's for how long now? Gosh,
1: I've been at St. Pete, I believe, since uh, two thousand sixteen.
0: Okay, and and as part of wellness, I suppose. I mean, we're the thing we wanted to talk about this morning: keeping an eye on our sugar intake. And I mean, during the holiday season, even now, we're we're grazing on the leftovers. This can be a, a little tough at times. So, you've got something that has just started this weekend targeting sugar. What's happening here?
1: Sure. So this is our third year uh, promoting this to the St. Peter's employees and the community at large. It is my 11th year participating in what we call the 31-day reset. And basically it's really trying to identify and eliminate added sweetener, not only real sugars, but also the um, melange of fake alternatives that the sugar industry has said, hey, if you don't want sugar here, have this added sweetener. And so um, what I wanna do is just help people be able to recognize how much sugar and fake sugars are actually in the foods and food products that they eat so they can eliminate them for 31 days, reset their metabolisms, learn, reset their taste buds and then when February 1 comes along they have a much better idea of the foods and food products that are better choices and they've become desensitized. So sweet stuff actually tastes so much more sweeter and they don't need as much moving forward
0: so how did jamie how did did this come about i mean you said this is the third year at st pete's you've been doing it for a a decade now obviously i mean i i think folks can see how it fits in everybody's got their new year's resolutions it's that 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 new start it's a good benchmark but but how did this come about specifically looking at sugar and added sweeteners so primarily
1: because usually between Thanksgiving and Christmas we are just inundated not only with you know celebrations and food and alcohol it seems that everyone always wants to take a little bit of a reset in January anyway we tend to not go to as many parties we're sort of hunkering down we're focusing on our New year's resolutions and so it just made a lot of sense to make January the detox because people can spend their entire holiday season you know not but really thinking about it and then prepping once Christmas is over, spending the week with the information that we give to folks in the challenge and really prepping themselves so that when January 1 comes along, they're ready for a new year and, and they're ready um, to reset themselves.
0: So the new year, I mean, it started, we're a couple days in now, but uh, I, I would imagine people can pick up right now and just join in, right? Oh, of course.
1: I mean, honestly, the materials that we give is for a 31-day challenge, but if someone wanted to do a week or two weeks or take the information that's that's given to them and started in February or started for Lent, um, it really doesn't matter. The information is going to be the same. It's just that right now we have over 400 people registered. We have a private Facebook group. We have emails that are coming from me. We have recipes. We have motivations. We have educational videos. So if people were to sign up today, or at any time before January 31 they could most certainly receive benefit it's just right now we have over 400 people doing it together and it's that group effort that can really help that motivation so if anyone wants to sign up today's the day but it doesn't have to be today we just hope it will be.
0: Jamie Larisa is our guest this morning from out at Saint Peter's Health, and so people, if people Jamie, if they join today, they can join and they can get those emails and the lessons and be part of the group and that sort of thing
1: health.org backslash sugar challenge they'll see the information about it they'll see a form field where they give me their name and their email they'll see some materials they can download you know quote unquote rules they'll get an added sweetener handout and then they'll be added to the email list that I send out they'll be invited to the private Facebook group and any emails that they've missed since we started uh, sending them in December they can have access to those so they can read through
0: them. And so when, Jamie, when we talk about added sweetener, I mean, what is that? And and how do we know, I guess, how how much is too much? Because there's sweetener in pretty much everything. Yeah, it's
1: actually pretty crazy, and the sugar industry is is just as big as the tobacco industry and the pharmaceutical industry, so it really is up to us consumers to educate ourselves, and there's really two camps of added sweetener. There's sugars, which come from natural sources, and there's 56 different varieties of sugars that are in foods, and this includes things like honey and molasses, but also 56 other types of natural sugars, and those are identified actually on the food Label under the added sugars. But then you also have 17 FDA approved sugar alternatives. These are not real sugars, even though some of them might be derivative of some natural sources like sativa or um, um, stavia or um, monk fruit sweetener, but they're still added sweeteners. The issue is that they are not included in that added sugar row. So people have to look at the ingredient list to be able to identify them, which is part of the education that we give. But Take all that away. There's so much food that we're eating prepared outside of the home, whether it be in cafeterias or fast food or even your favorite restaurant. And those, you don't have an ingredient list. And you can be sure that unless that food is being made fresh or farmed to table they have to add sugar in it, not only to make it palatable by the time it reaches your plate, but also to keep you addicted.
0: So I, I guess, Jamie, why is it important? to cut down on that. I mean, I, I think we can see sort of the obvious of, you know, added sugar is added calories and that's potentially added weight and that sort of thing. But I certainly it must go deeper than that. Oh, of course.
1: And my intent is really that chronic inflammation is the root of all disease. So basically, if we think of our, our bodies like engines, what we're doing is gas is food, but we're adding so much more into our gas tank that is unnecessary. So there is a natural... Sh- threshold for sugar, about 6 to 10 teaspoons per day, our body can do fine. But the average American is consuming almost three times that, and now consuming so many more of these alternative sweeteners that the body doesn't recognize, thus creating that inflammation. And when we're always in a constant state of inflammation, our metabolisms, basically our engines, can't really function right. And so then we see these hosts of issues that keep coming along, including things like weight gain but also chronic disease so by reducing the amount of added sweetener for a month cleaning up the engine being able to focus on just the real stuff and in moderation what we can do is we can clean out our engines give it an oil change and make sure that our engine is running smooth
0: so when when you talk about the, uh, the the fake sugar, that that's gonna help us in terms of calories, but in terms of all the other health stuff, it, it, it really not. maybe just as bad as sugar.
1: Exactly. And when we think about a calorie, we have to remember that a calorie is a unit of energy. So a calorie is just like gas for your car. There's nothing wrong with calories. And what we've done in our modern industry is we've said, oh, sugar has too many calories. Let me go for the alternative stuff. But that's like putting diesel in your unleaded. It's not meant to go there. And so we have this entire new industry that's, that's giving us a lot of fake sugars, but it's causing its own ho- um, host of issues. They're non-digestible. And so many people who eat a lot of the fake sugars, they end up having a lot of, of digestive problems and then they don't know where it comes from, but we're so inundated in our grocery stores with not only added sugars, but fake sugars that we need to stop, take a break, identify them, reduce them, see how we feel And then add back in the normal stuff that has calories like sugar, honey, molasses, maple syrup, and do it in moderation because we've allowed our taste buds to get back to normal.
0: Jamie Larice is our guest this morning. She is a wellness promotion developer and educator out at St. Peter's Health. And, uh, and Jamie, that is certainly something that it would be tough for most of us probably to just do a cold turkey, no more sugar kind of thing, I would imagine. But right, are, are there some tips? Are there some tricks that can help us out here? There are,
1: you know, this challenge is not black or white. If people can go the whole 31 days and they do everything perfect by downloading the rules, awesome. But this challenge is really just about educating ourselves. The one thing I would say is the most important is I being able to identify it. Once you can identify the added sugars and the fake sugars, you can spend some time and be able to look at different foods or food products that may not have as much. People don't realize that one type of cracker versus the cracker right next to it at the grocery store could be completely different in terms of added sugar so in in my honest opinion i would say just being able to identify would be the number one thing so make this challenge what you want of it but what we want to do is be in control and at least know how much we're consuming
0: so it sounds like uh, important is like baby steps it goes back to what about bob right baby steps to the elevator
1: yeah, and everyone's going to be on a different level. You know, someone who drinks a lot of soda may not be able to quit their six sodas per day, but maybe they can take it down to one or find an alternative. So what we want to do is just make sure that, hey, whatever this challenge is going to bring to you at the end of 31 days, you've learned something.
0: Is there somewhere, Jamie, before we let you go, that people can learn more about added sugars in our diet, specifically, I, I guess, the, the challenge? Where, where should they go to maybe even just sign up? Number one, go to St. Peter's website at sphealth.org
1: backslash sugar challenge. Once you, you don't even have to register if you don't want. You can just download the educational stuff, look at the videos. But if you want to register and receive more information and get an invite to a private Facebook group, we'd love to have you.
0: Jamie Lurie is from St. Peter's Health. Jamie, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Stick around. We've got more Coffee Break coming up. Welcome back to Coffee Break. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. The show's brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. Thanks again to Jamie Larice for kicking things off for us this morning. And now maybe my favorite uh, job title that we've ever had on the show, Sevda Ragib. Is that right? I I nailed it. Uh, She is St. Peter's Senior Director of People Development. Uh, How are you? I'm
2: doing great.
0: Thanks for coming in, and I I, I love your title, and we're going to get to just what that means, but can you introduce yourself to the folks? I don't know who who you are.
2: Sure. Sevda Ragib, Senior Director of People Development at St. Peter's Health. I've been with the organization about six years, and I uh, love to help people reach their highest potential within the organization.
0: So senior director, you're not even just a director, you're the senior director of people development. So there's other people developers underneath you. That's great. What, what, what does this mean? How do you develop people?
2: So we start from the recruiting and onboarding process, bringing people into the organization, trying to explore their career aspirations with them and help them uh, get connected to the right pathway within healthcare. That could be starting at an entry-level position like patient registration or a certified nursing assistant or or developing into a nursing role, and some people even go on to become providers, like physician assistant or physicians within the organization.
0: Okay, so it's it's like high-level HR. Exactly. I like it. So how, how do you get into that? How, how is that a role that you kind of find yourself in?
2: I started my career in the bedside nursing Role and got into management and a director position. And director of nursing is a little different focus, very focused on clinical nursing. I wanted to broaden my horizons and get into supporting and helping people throughout the healthcare their healthcare careers, whether that's a nurse or a pharmacist or a respiratory therapist. So uh, an opportunity came up within St. Peter's Health to become the director of staff education. And from there, I got involved with recruiting and onboarding, which helps support some of our basic HR functions, but also gets people connected to those pathways and um, helps also support the student clinical experiences within the organization.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's fascinating. I, I, I really think that's neat. Sevda Ragab is in with us. She's the St. Peter's uh, Senior Director of People Development. And I think listeners all know how tough it's been for businesses around town lately in terms of just getting enough workers, uh, you know. And, I, and and while we may think instantly when you talk about that, uh, about you know restaurants or department stores or that sort of thing, uh, this this is an issue with healthcare as well.
2: Absolutely, and we have uh, cafeteria nutrition services workers. We have uh, environmental services folks who help clean our facilities, uh, do the laundry, help help keep our um, care areas clean and safe, and so we also have some of the similar challenges as the community has with supporting those roles and getting people into those positions.
0: Yeah, and those obviously vitally important. Probably stuff that we we don't think of. We we think hospital. We think doctors, nurses, right? Like that's yeah. just where our brain goes. But there's so many other people that make this work, and it doesn't work without them.
2: Exactly. We have security. We have pharmacy. We have a lab. We have. Um, scanners within our ultrasound department. Um, It's more than just doctors and nurses and we need everybody to support that care team to provide great care to our patients.
0: So putting you on the spot, I suppose, a little bit. I don't know if we want to get exact numbers, but but what's the hospital situation in, in terms of staffing?
2: So we do have um, vacancies in our positions. We always have um, some turnover. That's normal, but our, our um, vacancy rates have increased, partly because we're growing some of our service lines, but also we're facing the same kinds of labor shortage, shortages as other um, parts of the country are. Our healthcare workers have been leaning into their roles as others were asked to step back from their roles with the COVID pandemic and has led to increased numbers of people feeling burned out or just exhausted and providing that care to patients and working sometimes in a, a short staff situation but still wanting to provide the best possible care.
0: Yeah, so th- this is a nationwide thing. It's not we're, we're not a weird blip on the radar. This is happening everywhere.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: How do we compare nationwide? I mean, are we are we a little better off? Are we a little worse? Is it the same?
2: We're we're about the same. We're holding our own. We still need to focus on bringing new uh, talent into the professions and supporting people getting into training programs and and uh, nursing programs around the. Uh, the community, and we are very fortunate in Helena to have two um, schools who help provide talent to us.
0: Yeah, Sevda Ragib is our guest, and we're talking people development at uh, St. Peter's Health, and uh, the the shortage, you, you touched on it there, I suppose a lot of it comes from just the pandemic. Where were we, you know, two, three years ago? I mean, how do our numbers compare to where we were sitting before the world kind of turned upside down?
2: Sure, we were seeing a little bit of a an increase in vacancies already prior to the pandemic, and some of that's related to the baby boomers and that generational uh, change in people in the workforce. We anticipated some challenges with our nursing staff in particular because we recognize that there was already a nursing shortage prior to the pandemic. This has exacerbated that a little bit. Um, We do see more people entering medical schools and nursing schools recently. There are a number of people that want to get into those professions and help and and make a difference, but it's going to take time to get those people through their programs. Uh, There are limited clinical experiences out there as well, so that contributes to the time delays and the the challenges with getting people into the workforce yeah
0: well i mean we we talked about how the hospital is obviously more than, than doctors and nurses, but we've got Carroll College right here, as you pointed out, and, and they've got that new accelerated program, which you have to be excited about that going, they're coming, they're coming, it's almost yes. here.
2: Yes, very excited about the Carroll College accelerated nursing program. That's bringing more people more quickly into the workforce. And they are um, doing a lot of things with us to help support where those clinical areas of need are. So um, we're, do- we're doing a lot of exploring with Carroll College to see where we can work together and. Partner on those opportunities.
0: Yeah, so uh, there there are job opportunities available uh, at uh, St. Peter's Health. I mean, what, what kind of roles? What what kind of people are you looking for right now at, at St. Pete's?
2: Obviously, we have those nursing positions. Um, In the hospital, we also have nursing positions in the clinics to support those daily visits that we see patients for. Um, We have opportunities in respiratory therapy, um, our kitchen services, our environmental care services, um, child care. We have a daycare, and so we do hire people to work in those child care roles. Um, We also have a finance department where we do billing and coding and um, all aspects of the revenue cycle. So patients... uh, I'm sorry, community members who have that finance background or also have opportunities within the organization.
0: So it's more than people just with that medical expertise. You can still work in that setting in in other fields. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people that might be interested go, oh, yeah, that'd be a neat place to work. And then there's that pause of, well, I don't don't have that specific training. I don't – do you have sort of – on-the-job training available for different things?
2: We do. We've created some training programs for certified nursing assistants and certified medical assistants to bring uh, folks to that uh, level of care needed to support either the physicians in the clinic or the nursing staff in the hospital. Uh, but we also have orientation programs for people coming into any job within the organization. So if you as a radio announcer wanted to be part of our marketing and communications team, we would have an orientation process for you to learn how to perform the same kind of work or similar work within the hospital.
0: Sevda, are you trying to hire me away right now on the air? (laughs) Hopefully Kevin's not listening right now. Uh, uh, So if people want to get their foot in the door, uh, you know, in in terms of maybe just whatever the job, if it's in a related field, but maybe if it's a medical field, this would be an opportunity for them to get their foot in the door. And like you, you started in one role and kept working your way up.
2: Sure. We have uh, some great recruiters within the organizations and a recruiting liaison who can help get people steered in the right direction, Um, look at those opportunities, explore what might be related to some of their background or what their interests uh, areas might be to help them get connected to positions that would be a good fit.
0: Okay. And it's important, again, that we make sure that the hospital is staffed up. I mean, what implications are we looking at for the community if, if numbers get too low?
2: Well, it does uh, impact our ability to provide um, the same kind of care that we've been used to being able to provide. And that may mean that there are slower response times or delays in providing care. But what we're really exploring uh, are different ways to uh, modify the way we deliver service maybe we are um, partnering more with our pharmacists to see where they can take over some of the tasks that traditionally nurses performed or we might be looking at new processes or changes within the organization to streamline or create efficiencies within that delivery of care so that we can uh, make that patient care aspect work with the bedside staff But Rely more heavily upon those support services to help us uh, deliver that care in a an efficient manner.
0: Yeah, Sevda Ragab is our guest this morning on coffee break. We've got about three minutes left, and it, when you're trying to bring in people from outside the area, I suppose then you're running into those problems of well, but they have to find housing. So, mm-hmm. so that I'm sure that becomes an issue for you.
2: It, it definitely does. It impacts everybody. We are um, staying very connected to some of our, our realtors in the community to help provide uh, up-to-date information. We do uh, also have a listing of area um community members who've offered up rental uh, opportunities for staff or new hires to be able to find a place quickly and easily. So that has been very beneficial. Um, We're also looking at ways that we can, um, you know, work with our uh, new uh, Montana grants to support some of those opportunities to bring people in as well.
0: Yeah, and, and so as we uh, as we run out of time here, last couple minutes, I know you're working to overcome some of those issues. You're bringing in specialists. You're also, uh, you know, working on hiring people locally. Uh, what are you doing? You know, what what are some of the focuses of, I guess, added benefits of, of working at the hospital?
2: Well, we're definitely expand, expanding our wellness and mental health support for team members who may be experiencing challenges. But, you know, we're also um, asking folks in the community just, you know, treat up those healthcare workers that we do have with dignity and respect say thank you when you can I know sometimes there are frustrations but it it does help um, to to provide that culture of respect and support the wellness and mental health of the folks that we do have working uh, within the organization and acknowledge all of the hard work that they've put in already. We're also doing a deep dive into our benefits and compensation packages, and we recently increased our minimum wage, uh, starting wage, to $15 an hour. Uh, we still offer our free health club membership for employees, and there are many other opportunities to partake of a pretty robust benefits package as an employee of St. Peter's.
0: So how can people find out more if they're listening, they're going, I need a job and that sounds like a great place to work. What should they do?
2: They can go to the St. Peter's Health website. We have a link to careers at sphealth.org where they can submit their email questions and get a response on those questions or get connected to those opportunities with one of our recruiters.
0: Okay. And just tell them Sevda sent me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for for joining us this morning. I, I know it's not an easy time for those like you that are trying to hire folks and, and get folks into uh, various fields. It's a tough time, but this is an important thing that you're doing, obviously a hugely important part of our community. So the work you're doing there is, uh, well, it's vital to Helena. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, and see, it it wasn't that tough, right? It wasn't. Yeah, and so maybe Sevda will actually come back and and chat with us again. Sevda Ragib is uh, St. Peter's, Senior Director of People Development, and she finished out the show with us today. Again, Jamie LaRice kicking things off with the Sugar Challenge. You can check online on the St. Peter's website to find more about either of those two ventures. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by CoffeeBreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.